Welcome to our online broadcast of Dorchester Community Church. And as ever, anything that just appears on a screen that's visual that you can't uh, see, I'll do my best to introduce that for you. Hope that you enjoy the broadcast. This week, I'm so stressed! Get me out of here! Roger and I'm the pastor of Dorchester Community Church and of course as a pastor of a church you're somebody that's looked to quite rightly as being someone who ought to be able to bring a right word for a right occasion maybe to speak words of calm into a difficult situation or maybe to encourage a a quiet sense of uh, faith and trust in God during a particularly turbulent or difficult period and that's all quite right and understandable and there's times where I dare say that I'm able to do that but if I'm honest really honest there are times when I find that pretty tough life is stressful and like anybody else I have my own moments where I get pretty stressed as well it may well be something that I'm preparing for, or a talk that I've got to give, or more usually, as is often the case, a deadline that I've got to meet. And there is that sense of stress that's going on internally, or that can bubble out in different uh, ways. You may well be able to identify with that kind of time uh, yourself. So this theme today that we're looking at, I'm so stressed, get me out of here, is in one sense... It's relevant for me as it is for anybody else. And if I'm brutally honest, my preference would have been for somebody else to speak to this subject today, as opposed to me. You know, throughout this COVID season, that sense of stress has proven itself pretty real, isn't it? You may well have felt pretty stressed because of not being able to get out and see friends and family. Or maybe you've been at the supermarket and felt quite stressed because some people are not respecting that sense of two-metre social distancing. Or maybe there's your work situation. For some, there's maybe too much work. For others, not enough work, or maybe not even any work at all. The common denominator in both extremes is stress. It's a very real issue. What would God want to say to the likes of you and me in that context that's what we're going to be thinking through today i'm so stressed get me out of here welcome to dorchester community church well you've had my confession uh, haven't you already stress is an uncomfortable subject that would be true But it's also even more uncomfortable to feel. Each of us probably know that. This is one definition that I came across. Stress is a state of difficulty, pressure or strain. It's a mental, emotional and internal reaction to pressure. Stress is an intrusion, isn't it, to our living in peace. Now you would have come across some of the the major causes for uh, serious stress. Things like the death of a loved one, or divorce, the loss of a job, or having to to move at home, major illness. For teenagers, it's slightly different, but they've also got some top stresses, pressures from school, exam, pressures from friends, pressures to conform, the whole sex uh, question for them, fear of failing, lack of sleep. Well, all 
of those are quite major, significant stresses. But maybe at a smaller level, you know, each of us encounter different stresses every single day, don't we? I was quite intrigued by a survey that was conducted by Direct Line. And they spoke to 2,025 adults in the UK about what stressed them out most. Listen to some of these things and see if you can identify with any of these. Uh, 25% said that forgetting their bank card when paying for an item was stressful. Well, immediately I, I could feel my own stress levels increase because it wasn't that long ago that I was there having filled up the car with petrol and went to go to pay no bank card because it was in my other pair of trousers. 26% mentioned about dealing with a machine-operated customer service. How frustrating is that? Press one for this, press two for that, press three for that. And when you've gone through all that rigmarole, very often you find yourself back at square one. You think, I want to talk to a real person. Discovering you're out of toilet roll whilst on the loo. 30% of people uh, mentioned that. I remember one occasion that happened to me when I was living in Diggs in Cotswold Road in Southampton near the hospital. Let's not go there. Although there was 31% that, that mentioned about the printer not working when you need to print something. That's happened to me when I was due to be speaking here at church several times on a Sunday morning. Go to print my notes. No notes. Ah, stress levels all of a sudden. How am I going to cope without my notes? 32% mentioned about there being nowhere to park. I know a member of the church that parked eventually in Lyme Regis quite recently, but shh, don't tell anyone, they overstayed in their parking spot for two hours. They were lucky on this occasion, they didn't get a, a ticket quite recently as well, wasn't it? That person knows who they are. 33% cited about losing an important paper or document. How stressful is that? 35% mentioned about being stuck in traffic and when you're already late. Why do those tractors seem to then veer out and come across you and pull in front of you out of nowhere? 37% mentioned the whole thing of losing your keys. How many times has that happened to you? And 46% top of the list mentioned about what made them more stressful than anything else was lack of sleep. I confess that makes me feel pretty guilty. You know, I'm just stressing re revisiting some of those items on that list, and I dare say you can uh, actually connect with that as well. Well, that's life, isn't it? Well, is that right that we just then think that that's all there is, and we, and we just uh, satisfy ourselves by saying, well, that's right? That didn't ought to be good enough, did it? Not for me, as a Christian. Surely, God is big enough and powerful enough to be able to give me that which I need be, to be able to cope in a very different way to other people with all those different situations and stresses that come our way. That ought to make a difference so that people can see that difference in me. Well, that's the theory anyway. While you begin to ponder that, and I may be... Ah, calm down just a fraction. Here's something for you to enjoy and appreciate. And then Laura is going to be sharing with the children. And then we're going to be able to see uh, something that maybe is quite stressful uh, for one of her children. See how they get on and what happens as a result. And maybe then discover from Laura what we ought to be able to do.
time. See if you can recognise this MJ classic. Now this is going to be really hard for you to appreciate as you're listening to the audio of this, but there's a bunch of five guys here who have nothing but some glass beer bottles and some plastic bottles, and this is them and doing their rendition of a Michael Jackson song called Billie Jean, just blowing into bottles and tapping the plastic bottles. Hope you can appreciate the brilliance of this anyway. Little plastic right, monkeys. And we've got a game for you. You've got to see how many little monkeys you can find in these pots that we're going to give you. How do you feel at the moment? Terrified. Terrified. Oh. <laughs> right, Francis has got something for you. We'll give that to him and see if you can find a little monkey or more in there. Whoa, what is that? Show sure everyone what it is, Francis. On the piece of paper. He's putting his hands in some chicken feed and some cabbage to try and find these plastic monkeys. That's cabbage. (laughs) I think Francis is enjoying her brother uh, struggling with this. He's looking very anxious. Another one in there, put it on the table then. How do you feel, Rupert? Uh, 
How do you feel? Anxious. Oh, you're gonna need to. Well, this is messy one. She's put, she's pulled his sleeves up here. He, Rupert's now got his fingers in some jelly with raisins, and he's now got to try and find the, one of those plastic buggies in there again. Little sister Frances is enjoying her brother squeamish. He's got it. He's got another little monkey there. Well done, Rupert. <laughs> I think this is one more. Oh, he's got his fingers this time in some brown sauce with pasta. Yuck. Oh, he's looking a bit stressed this time. Oh, my love, the heart. 
Music group there, Charlene, Ali, and uh, Helen involved in the singing their beautiful song. sang I encouraged you to think about an area of your own life where you may well feel stressed or be prone to stress. Maybe give yourself a stress audit we may well want to call it that. We know that anger and frustration are central to there being a stress build up. The body can also be affected by stress. Change is often the pressure point isn't it? So with COVID situation, meaning that, that for many people, uh, the, all the, the changes that are going on, uh, it's no surprise that many people are feeling even more stressed than usual. It's especially true, of course, in and around people's job situations, isn't it? No work for some, uh, even a loss of job for others, whereas other people, well, they, they've just got too much work and they're struggling to cope. That sense of stress that's very real for them. One manager put it like this. He said, I don't mind that my people are working such long hours because I've been told that I've got to reduce my headcount. 
Long hours means that some can't take it anymore and they resign, which is a lot cheaper than making them redundant. Pretty curt words. Many more, of course, are employed these days on short-term contracts, and that can create its own sense of stress in terms of lack of job security. There's so much uncertainty around, isn't there? In the short term, those changes gear us up for increased activity, don't they? But in the long term, stress can do us quite a degree of damage. Headaches, back pain, all sorts of things. Stomach pain, skin irritations, increased risk of heart disease, sleep disturbance, tiredness, hormonal disturbance, amongst other things. Sometimes our reactions to stress damage us, of course, even further. Smoking, drinking too much alcohol, or caffeine, poor nutrition. It's a real kind of uh, cheering up message, isn't it, so far? But it's not just our bodies that suffer. We know that relationships suffer as well. We all know that. This is factual stuff. It's not made up or hyped up stuff. This is the world that we live in. It is stressful and we can get stressed, let's be honest. But the key thing for us is what God might say to us in the midst of this. Now, last week, we were actually thinking about what the Bible states in that he is not far from each one of us from Acts chapter 17. But how does that translate well, I caught up with one of our members, Joy, who shared her experience of when her father died. Now, understandably, that was at a very stressful time. And yet it was into that, uh, that sense of stress that Joy had a very precious experience of the reality of God. Now, whilst you're watching this, this is an interview we did via Zoom. Joy lives way out in the sticks, so every now and then the uh, the the, uh, the picture will be uh, frozen a little bit, but don't worry, it doesn't affect the audio at all. Listen and catch hold of the reality of Joy's words in her sense of knowing God in the middle of her own stress. Hi Joy, so how are you guys doing? Yeah, no, we're absolutely great, thank you. Could do with some sunshine because it's raining today, but we're fine, thanks. Fantastic. I know you've been managed to get loads done in the garden, but maybe today's not the day for that. Uh, Joy, no. we, we were sort of sharing uh, this morning uh, on Cafe Church about um, knowing how God can be near us. He's not far from each one of us. Um, and different yeah. people were sharing their, their different stories, different experiences. Mm -hmm. Uh, remind us of, of one of those occasions that was very real for you. Okay, so this was back in 2008. Um, my, my dad at the time was, or had been living on Hayling Island, and I was in Kent. And he'd had to come and stay with us in Kent because he'd lost his wife, who was also my auntie, and dad had pneumonia. So he came back to stay with us in the November, very poorly, but he was... You know, as far as I was concerned, he was okay. And um, he went into hospital, came out just before Christmas, so we had Christmas together. And he had an appointment at the hospital on the Monday. And on Friday beforehand, he sat me down, gave me a little talk and said he was ready to go. He had nothing left to wait for. He'd had his time. He knew where he was going. He had no doubt that he knew where he was going. And I found out later that he'd also phoned my sister, who lives in Wales, and pretty much said the same things to her. My brother came in the evening, and together we put Dad to bed and tucked him in. 
and he just snuggled down. And in the morning, I found that he'd actually died during the night, which was obviously very, very hard for me. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really hard. Um, didn't, don't know quite how I got through that first day, but I did. But then God just picked me up and wrapped me up and looked after me. And he gave me that peace which passes all understanding. You've probably heard people talk about it, but I don't know how many people have actually experienced it. But from that time on, I really did have that peace. And I have no explanation for it other than it's what God gave me. Other people noticed it and said, how can you, how can you look so fine and how can you be you know, so calm about all this? And I, I just said, well, it's, it's the peace that passes all understanding. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it just, I've, I've never looked back yeah, on that time with anything but, but fondness, really, now. That's fantastic. At a time that maybe for others would have been one of the most difficult times, or maybe for some even, a way that they might say, well, how can there be a God? Actually, for you, his reality was yeah. cemented all the more. Yeah. That's wonderful. Yeah. And we, we were sharing that at uh, Cafe Church, uh, Joy. I, I know you tend to link in with that most weeks. Um, what, yes. what, what's some of the positives about Cafe Church for you? And what would you say for maybe anybody that's not yet thought about doing that or a bit wear, wary or, or anxious about that? Well, it, it's really, really easy to get in, into Cafe Church. Really easy to use Zoom. Just a couple of clicks on your laptop. And for me... I, I just find it's really helping me to, to feel connected with the church, being so far out where we are. We can't pop round and have a chat over a garden fence or at the end of a drive with somebody. Yeah. And it's just a really lovely way just to keep seeing people and keep talking to people and keep reading the word together and and, and just doing church. And I love it. Fantastic. Bless you. Okay, all the best to you and all the best to Mervyn too. Thanks, Roger. All right. Okay. Take care, Joy. Bye. Bye. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Joy, for being willing to share what must have been a very difficult situation. You know, one church leader called Paul shared with God about a stress that he had. He kept on asking God to take it away. And sometimes that's what we would want, isn't it, for that stress to just disappear. The answer he got may well have at first seemed somewhat unhelpful. But evidently, it was in fact all he needed at that time. God simply told him, my grace is sufficient for you. You can see that in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. Joy's experience highlights that this grace isn't some airy-fairy thing, because it was that something that indeed pulled her through, and was indeed a reality that she couldn't deny. I love that particular phrase that she came out with, which was totally off the cuff and unrehearsed. She said these words, God picked me up and wrapped me up and looked after me and gave me that peace that passes all understanding. I've no other explanation for it other than it's what God gave me. Nobody can deny the reality of that. God coming in to make such a difference in a situation that was naturally very, very stressful. Now we've got two readings for you today that I hope will help. The first is for everyone, and it's the words of Jesus himself, issuing an invitation. The second, which we'll see a little bit later, is for those in the church. But first, 
This is what Jesus says to everyone. So that must include you. Please turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 11. I'm going to start to read at verse 25. At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this was your good pleasure. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. It's great, isn't it? Jesus regularly invited people to come to him to meet their needs. Jesus did not say come to church to find rest. Great though that is when we're allowed to use the building. So in one sense, our not having a building right now, although inconvenient, didn't ought to mean that we can't have our needs met. We're to come primarily, firstly, to the person of Jesus in faith. And that could be right where we are, right where you are, right now, today, as you watch this. This Jesus may well not walk this earth, but we believe he's very much alive by his spirit. Christianity begins with meeting Jesus personally. It's that faith experience that can become real the moment we take that initial step towards him. His invitation to come as you are right now, whatever the stress, whatever the test, or whatever the mess, that's real. Come to me, he says, and I will give you rest. One of his first followers, a guy by the name of Peter, often a bull in the china shop type character, said these words somewhat later in 1 Peter chapter 5 verses 6 and 7. He encouraged people saying, humble yourselves therefore under God's mighty hand that he might lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety upon him for he cares for you. Take his yoke. Now what's all that about? Well, yoke is nothing in this sense to do with eggs. No, not at all. The meaning of a yoke is it's a type of harness that connects a pair of oxen. This is a true story. One, uh, one day a man went to see a farmer who was ploughing his feed with, field with a team of, of oxen. The man noticed that one of the animals was bigger than the other. The farmer said that the big animal was an older animal and was well trained. And that the smaller one was a young animal, and so was new, therefore, to the yoke. Well, why put them together? The man asked. Well, the farmer answered. That older ox knows his way around the field. The reason I put the younger one with him is so the more knowledgeable one, the more knowledgeable ox, could teach him how to play. If I never put them together, then the younger one would never learn. By himself, the younger ox, well, he just put himself to death, but together... He learns to cooperate with and rest in the strength 
of the older ox. That was quite key. Take hold of those words. To rest in the strength of the older. Well, we spoke to Professor Terence of Pambury Theological Seminary, and he enlightened us further. Uh, yes, well, the, the word yoke is used about six times, I think it is, in, in the New uh, Testament. But there are two different uh, meanings, which is important to clarify, uh, obviously, the, the, the difference between the two of them. Uh, one is the yoke of following man's rules and, and, and religion, uh, so to speak. Uh, this is not the my yoke uh, that, that Jesus uh, speaks of, which is much more uh, to do with, uh, with, with relationship with what we have uh, here. Uh, his, his yoke is easy. Uh, compared to man-made uh, religious uh, yokes, if you like. So we, one, one might imagine if Jesus were to have a sign uh, outside of his own uh, uh, carpenter shop, for example, it, it may well read, My yokes fit well. Uh, I, I, I rather like uh, that. Uh, a Bible a scholar friend uh, of mine, whose transcript I've been proofreading uh, recently, uh, J.H. Howitt, uh, summarised uh, this rather succinctly, I, I felt. He said, the fatal mistake uh, for the believer is to seek uh, to, to, to bear one's load in a, in a single uh, collar. Uh, God never intended uh, us to carry our burdens alone, you see. Uh, Jesus therefore deals only in, in yokes. A yoke is a neck harness for, for two. Uh, for two, and the Lord Himself uh, pleads to be one of the two. Uh, I, I, I thought that was my most insightful. Uh, thank you, uh, Professor. That, that's very helpful. Am I right in thinking that you've also just finished uh, writing a, a book yourself? Yes, that's, that's right, uh, David. Uh, here it is. I'm giving away a free uh, copy of my uh, my book to uh, Sylvia Cox. Uh, Sylvia Cox, who's, who's shown enormous uh, appreciation uh, of my uh, my work over over recent uh, times, which I'm, I'm incredibly grateful for. Uh, the, the book is, itself is called "Those We Refuse." to recognise. Uh, and if you're listening, uh, Sylvia, I, I do hope you also uh, like the hedgehog house that that dear boy, uh, Richard, uh, uh, made uh, for you. But um, uh, have, have a good read of the book. I, I'm, I'm sure you'll find it most enlightening, Sylvia. Yes, so uh, the Lord bless you. That's fantastic. Thanks ever so much to Professor uh, Terence uh, there. And I hope, Sylvia, that you enjoy uh, his book uh, and obviously enjoy the uh, Hedgehog House uh, as well that I gather was being secretly made for you. And at least now you're able to get your motorbike back into the garage. <laughs> back now to our passage in Jesus' Invitation. He's already encouraged us to come to him, but he also is encouraging us to learn from him. Listen to his words, spend time with him. Be still and know that he is God. It's up to me, of course, whether or not I choose to do that, like it's up to you whether or not you choose to do that. Jesus seeks to lead us, and he's never going to lead us into stress because he's the Prince of Peace. He's not the Prince of Stress, is he? Common sense tells us that God's not going to stress us out or lead us to do more than we can in fact do. Yet often 
we seem to take on board more than we actually should. Try to beware of your mouth saying yes when your head and your heart are clearly screaming out, no, it is no one but our fault, my fault, if we say yes to please people. When God and his word clearly tells us to find out what pleases the Lord. You can read that yourself in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 10. Whilst you're thinking about that, pondering about that, we're going to worship God together in song. It's a great song and it's called Oceans. Savior 
be good to keep in touch uh, with them both, wouldn't it? Now here's a picture of a young lady Claire and her daughter Lily Mae and their latest addition to the family. Uh, so chocolate on the way to, not the, the kitten I hasten to add, who's called Tiggy by all accounts. Uh, but maybe Lily Mae, this is something uh, for you. When it gets to birthdays, well here's a happy birthday to Mervyn Manuel. It's Mervyn's birthday on Tuesday. So Mervyn a happy birthday indeed for you. No idea how we're going to get this to you. We'll kind of pretend to throw it to you. Maybe you can pick it up uh, or your mum can scoop it up from us uh, somewhere. Now, here's another short video clip. This is my son, uh, a particular uh, uh, trick that he was um, practicing recently on his skateboard. Take a look. Medical research would confirm this. 
there are chemical changes that take place in your brain whenever you laugh. Ha ha. When we get stressed, we start to take everything, everyone, including ourselves, maybe a little bit too seriously. A sense of humour is a great anti-stress skill. It's also something that has been created, let's not forget, by God himself. And that whole thing of the capacity to laugh is one of the reasons we put some of those silly little clips in, as well as breaking up the narrative and the serious we're being helped to relax, to laugh, to let go, to realise that life can be positive, even amusing at times. And boy, don't we need that. So here's something that'll hopefully put a little smile on your face. Clip one. A man was hit by a flying paratool. He said, everything was fine, and then, bosh! I'll never forget the look on the cashier's face when she scanned the bag of the bird seed and asked her, how long does it take for the birds to grow once I plant them? You feel guilty about your kids watching too much TV? Just mute it, put it, put the subtitles on, boom, now they're reading! I dare say you had a little bit of a groan when those jokes came out on the screen, but it's good to laugh, isn't it? Now then, back to something a little bit more serious. Now, one of our members is a psychiatrist, so in terms of this topic of stress, what better person to ask than somebody who maybe has their own sense of stress, but who certainly deals with many people during their working week who suffer with stress? What might she say to try and support and help them? Ali is a part of our worship team as well. She'll be seeing later on in the broadcast for you. But also, she's very real about her own situation and as being a Christian here, she shares something as to how it is for her dealing with stress as a believer. And who best to interview her and to ask her these questions than somebody who knows her best? This is the interviewing technique from her son, Fraser. Just asked me to interview you because I'm in lockdown and on stress. Get me out of here. It's part of the Sunday broadcast, so he wants me to ask you some questions. Okay. So, first question, what makes you most stressed at home? It's normal. <laughs> what makes me most stressed at home? Um, well, it's a bit of a silly thing, really, but um, I get really stressed when people leave the door of the larder open. So, we have our larder and it's supposed to stay cool, um, but that's like kind of the point of it. But people keep leaving the door open, um, and that really winds me up, and I don't really quite understand why they can't just close it. I suppose another thing that would make me stress is when I want to have peace and quiet and my neighbour starts mowing his lawn when we're trying to do some tea. So, second question, similar, what makes you the most stressed in lockdown? Okay, so lockdown has made things like nicer in a way because we've had more time all together but also more stressful. Um, so I've been trying to work at home, mostly like in our bedroom. Um, so I've been working and sleeping in the same place, which is not great, it's a bit stressful. And also, um, you guys sometimes try and come in to see me or ask me questions, or as soon as I come out of the room you want to talk to me, which is lovely, but it's also quite difficult. And I think not being with one's colleagues and being able to chat stuff through casually with them is really difficult and stressful as well. The other thing that I've missed, I suppose, is the, the journey bit, where... Um, you sort of get to unwind on the journey home and I think that's probably made 
everyone feel a bit more stressed as well. So third question, what kind of things have been stressing your patients and their families and what do you tell them to do about it? Okay, so yeah, my patients um, are under 18s as well, so they're all like young people living at home with their families and I suppose they've had similar stresses to ours in terms of trying to do schoolwork at home um, without a teacher to help them talk through things and a lot of them have found that really difficult and also the loss of routine and the loss of contact with other people. So, I mean, we know that stress is really bad for our bodies, it, it has an impact on hormones that then give us high blood pressure and inflammation and other difficulties. But with patients that would help would be um, things around routine like good sleep, good ex good eating routine. Sure, on the other side of it, that they do things that they really enjoy and to try and still find those things during lockdown. So, how do you think being a Christian helps with thinking about stress? So thank you, Ali, and thank you, Fraser, for those uh, very serious uh, questions. I think we've got an interviewer in the making. And Jonah, brilliant for that uh, filming that you did behind uh, the scenes there. So thank you so much indeed for that as well. Now, here is another great quote that comes from Christianity Today website. Buffer the effects of stress by nurturing your emotional well-being. Improve your improve yourself physically. Be a lifelong learner. Eat right. Get good sleep and rest. Take some slack time. And most importantly of all, take time out to sit alone with God. I remember somebody once saying to me that no such time was wasted time. And I've never forgotten that pearl of wisdom. We've probably heard the phrase, haven't we? The straw that broke the camel's back. But we've probably never really thought about what that means. There are loads of different phrases that we hear and that get said that I don't really tend to think about what they mean at all. Well, chronic stress is about carrying a load of issues. The straw that broke the camel's back was not just one straw, but a whole load of them piled up high one by one by one. A collection of, of previous straws that we didn't really let go of. We mustn't let straws build up. The Bible tells us that through spending time with God, particularly through times of prayer, we can hand over these issues we face to him and then get his perspective on things. Remember, there's no problem that is too big for God and his power 
and there's no problem that is too small for him to be concerned about. Now earlier I mentioned that we had two Bible readings today. One that was for everyone, that invitation from the Lord Jesus himself, but the second one that was specifically for the church. Now here's that second one now. We know it was for the church because it was written to a, a church at a place called Philippi. It was inspired by God's Holy Spirit. These are words though that are equally real for the church today. Sarah is going to read that to us right now. This reading is from the book of Philippians um, chapter 4 and we're going to start reading at verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honourable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. Well, without unpacking all of these verses, they simply speak about our knowing our identity, knowing who we are, and then about our being grateful and knowing who we should live for. We need to live for an audience of one. Remember to look out for things to thank God for is often a major way of taking the stress out of situations because our focus is then elsewhere. Maybe you know the song, count your many blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. Some of you would have been saying the, the end of that line with me, no doubt. Now we need to think about the right things. Look at this amazing list once again in Philippians chapter 4. Everything else that we could possibly be stressed about, well, that's what we can maybe uh, kind of group together as our requests that we can then just bring those to God and then seek to leave them there with him. That's the key thing. The result, well, according to his word in that passage, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Isn't that what we want? Isn't that what we want, not just for ourselves, but for those close to us, those that we love? Then we need to take careful note of what God's word says. Hold on to verse 9. Because God's promise is that it will be the peace of God that will then be with you.
on that a fantastic song by Ali. Thanks ever so much uh, for bringing that to us in such non-stressed out mode, I have to say. Now remember that clip we showed you earlier of Stephen on his skateboard and I was saying, what was so special about that trick? I wonder if you worked it out. Take a look again, but this time, this is in slow motion. Okay, well there you go. That was pretty clever, wasn't it? That's my boy for you. Time magazine noted in the 60s that uh, an American Senate subcommittee debated time management, predicting that the advances in technology would radically change how many hours a week we would be working. Now they forecast, get this, that the average person will be working 22 hours a week within the next 20 years. Now don't laugh because there's more to come. The great challenge, the experts said, would be figuring out what to do with all the excess time that we would have on our hands. Well, that made me laugh when I came across that, I have to say, but maybe it's because we have so much time that we're all so stressed. I think not. Rob Parsons from Care for the Family said these words in one of his books, a slower day is not coming. And he's right. So what should we do? We've already made mention of that verse in the book of Ephesians that says that we ought to find out what pleases the Lord. He's the person that we're living for. He's the person that has a purpose and plan for our lives. The more we're in tune with that, inevitably, the less stressed that we're going to be. Joyce Mayer said these words. She said, I believe one of the major reasons why so many people are stressed and burned out is because they're going their own way instead of following God's plan. When we're obedient to his leading, we'll be able to accomplish what he gives us to do and to walk in peace. Now, unless God has made a mistake, then he's created you and I with having just enough time to do that which we've been created to do. The challenge is not for us to think, I'm so stressed, get me out of here, but rather to be honest with God, to say, this is where I am right now. Help me, step by step, to get to where you want me to be and where I need to be. And maybe the final words uh, that we could have ringing through our minds today could be something that would formulate part of a closing prayer that Ali has indeed sung to us. We can pray these words together. God, holy, there is no one like you. There is none beside you. Open my eyes in wonder. Show me who you are and fill me with your heart. Lead me in your love to those around me. I will build my life upon your love. It is a firm foundation and I will put my trust in you alone. And I will not be shaken. Let's trust ourselves to God to that end. I trust that you've enjoyed your time with us. Thank you so much for joining us. 
As ever, if you've got some questions or some comments about anything you've seen and heard, we'd love to hear from you. Otherwise, I hope from this moment on, and especially today, you live your life with maybe a little bit less stress as we each of us seek to keep more in step with the God who's created us to that end. God bless you all. Well, obviously, as ever, we try to encourage you, if you'd like to actually uh, pass this on, this audio, to a friend or family member, please do do that. Stress itself can be a debilitating problem, can't it? But it's not something we have to cope with alone. We'd love to share uh, more with anyone about what a relationship can do to help. Obviously, if you'd like uh, to find out more about that, just get in touch with us at the church on by calling 01305 267171 or if you've got access to the website, then to simply um, contact us on www.dorchestercommunitychurch.org. UK. Thanks to David Chaplin who did the video and the sound uh, for the uh, the broadcast this week and to Bruce Westgate who despite emigrating was able to squeeze in time uh, on the editing front. So fantastic work there and also to our worship group as ever. God bless.